how many of you watched, how many of you watched last week and saw the, the road? How many of you like, how many of you like me standing in front of the roadway? No. Okay, three people. That's awesome. Okay. Thank you. All you guys did was just encourage Tyler and Chris to just, all right, I submit to you. Okay. I like the road. I thought it was cool. So this morning, as we study, what I'm, what I'm super excited about is as, just as we've been, ta- we've been talking and we've been discussing over the last multiple months, what's super exciting is to have Chris and Marissa Davis with us and working alongside of us and partnering in ministry with us. And so um, either, either us inviting them to be a part of our family was an absurd act of insanity or it was paved by God and it was God's spirit was in it. And we've been just been super excited to see um, just you embrace them and them embrace our church family. Um, so it's exciting for me to introduce for the first time and for you to hear Chris share. Uh, we're going to be tag teaming this morning. Um, so um, Chris, why don't you come up and share your heart with us this morning? Okay. We're super excited. Okay. Glad you're here. That's hey, awesome. I'm glad to be here too. Okay. Are we letting go? All right. All right. And. Uh, well, never mind. I'll just let you take, go ahead. No, you go ahead. No, no, no. I'm going to be nice. Okay. Okay. Well, hey, thank you so much for embracing us and uh, welcome us. And as Tim and I were kind of talking this week, um, one of the things that he thought would be really good for me to kind of share would be uh, as an outsider coming in on multiple different levels, you know, we won't go into all those, but on an outsider on multiple different levels, uh, I thought that it would be a good opportunity for me to kind of encourage uh, all of us as a church family, just different ways that um, Marissa and I have observed things about you as a church family, and then also just kind of begin to share my heart in where I believe that God is leading us as Mountain View moving forward. So does that that sound good? You guys give me the opportunity to do that. Sound good? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I was going to do it anyway, but yeah, I figured, you know, politeness. but, But one of the things that Marissa and I have been blown away already just by you is just the level of love that you guys have, uh, the level of commitment that you guys have to God, but then also to each other, uh, your guys' generosity, and then also your desire to serve. And we have been blown away by those things, just your love, your commitment, your, uh, just the way that you guys have servant hearts. And I really want to affirm that. I want to be able to encourage you guys in that because those are amazing things, and it may be foreign to you, uh, but Marissa and I didn't experience those things on this level um, really in any avenue um, where we were before. So just the way that you guys have rallied around us, I mean, showing up to our house before we moved in and just like doing all the outside, you know, that bush almost got to us, you know. Who, you know. <laughs> but, but, but the way that you guys loved and just showed up and, you know, took care of things outside, you know, ladies were cleaning inside, uh, I mean, just that simple, you guys would be like, yeah, that's no problem. You have no idea how much that means to Marissa and I to be loved in that tangible way. Uh, the way that we've seen you guys rally around other people as well, the, you know, the Frasers and, and some other family, it's just, we've seen that and we want to affirm that in you. And we want that to continue. We want you guys to continue to develop those things. Let's continue to be a church that outdoes each other in love and good works. And um, so I want to keep challenging that. But I also want to just ask us just a couple of things and to be able to re- reframe some things because we're in a weird time in our, just we're in a weird time period, right? And I just wonder if, you know, rather than complaining about how, you know, awkward or how church is never going to get back to how it was before, I wonder if we could join God in what he's doing. 
And so uh, I'm not saying that we don't have valid complaints. You know, I know that maybe you know, we, as Mountain View, used to do things uh, differently. We used to do things you know, way back in the day or even right before COVID, it used to be a different way. But I just wonder if from my heart, if I could ask you to begin to ask God, hey, what do you have next for us? Because I, I just wonder, especially with where things are going, I, I believe, I think uh, Tim believes that um, in order for us to, to take this next step in faith as Mountain View, we need to do more, we need to exist more than just what we do here on Sunday morning. We, we need to, to do things, and you know, what, what this year has revealed, I think it's revealed two things, and the first thing, I think it's revealed our heightened need for God's people to depend on God's people. I think it's showed how much we need each other. I mean, how, how much of us, uh, you know, we've been lonely, discouraged, and, and all these things, right? So, so I wonder how much, uh, what are we going to do in response to this moving forward? How are we going to be a church family throughout the week together? Um, to be able to keep each other encouraged and built up. But then the second thing, and you guys may think I'm crazy with this, but I genuinely believe that there is a harvest of lost souls that is ready to be uh, picked, that is ready to be won for the gospel. And that's right, yeah. And I genuinely believe that God wants to use us right here. He wants to use you. He wants to use me to be able to do that. And so what, what I just want to ask you to do this, this morning and just add this to your prayer every day. Just, I want you to just ask God, hey God, how do you want me to be part of the change? How can you use me? Because I had a conversation, and I won't throw you under the bus, uh, I had a conversation with uh, a gentleman this week, and I was trying to reframe in his mind what ministry was. You see, a lot of us, we think that ministry is just what happens right here, right? What happens on Sunday morning? And man, ministry is when you pick up the phone and you call somebody that, that, is, that needs encouragement. That's ministry. Ministry is showing up on, to somebody's house when they can't take care of the lawn and cutting the lawn and then praying for them. That's ministry. Yes. Ministry is showing up and, and working in the, uh, in the garage or working on the field and, and doing it with somebody and just doing life and talking and talking about Jesus. That's ministry. So I wonder if we truly embraced the identity that God has given you, if you can embrace the fact that God has called you a minister of the gospel, that God has called you a missionary of the gospel, I wonder what it would look like if we began all embracing that identity that God's given us. So I want to just encourage all of us to just pray that. You're going to hear me share more and more as I believe that that God gives us vision, that, that God gives us. And the thing that's crazy is God's already doing things in some of your guys' hearts and minds. I'm already seeing the, the churnings of things in, in some of your guys' hearts and minds to see God move forward the gospel here because, uh, you know, I, I want to be a part of this. I want to see uh, God save people that, we, that may have been pushed away, that have been neglected. You know, there's a preacher that I listen to a lot, and he says that, that Jesus came to save the least, the last, and the lost. And that's what I want us to be about as Mountain View, the people that are, you know, cast down, the people that are overlooked, and the people that need Jesus desperately. And so... Let's be those people. And so the challenge that I want us to, to be able to do is, man, would you, would you join with me in just praying every single day, God, how would you use me today for your kingdom? That's what I got, Tim. That's what I got, man. 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 Here, I'll move this forward. No, you can stay up here.
Yeah, how do you follow that? I'm like, man, that was good, Chris. All right, so stand up here. So part of what that looks like, and we want to, as a team, um, and we are so excited just to be able to work together on your behalf. But one of the things that we need to openly challenge you with, Chris has already started it, but I believe that up to this point in our church history, um, what we do on Sunday mornings has been a beautiful experience. And small groups have just kind of been a little bit of icing. But I really believe that what God has been doing is He's kind of been blowing up the cake. And the changes that we are going to be pursuing as a church family moving forward is where, if I can use the cake illustration, for a lot of people, the Sunday morning has been the, 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 the cake part. And small groups have just been some really nice icing when it happens. I believe that things have been kind of exploded and God is baking a new cake for Mountain View. Yeah. And the, the actual cake is going to be small groups. And the icing on the cake yeah. is going to be Sunday morning. Yeah. And so what Chris is asking you to do, the challenge is for me too. For us to say, God, what are you doing? And what do you want? How do you want me to be a part of that? And some of you, You've known that the Holy Spirit has been tapping on you for a long time to step out and to do more. And so we are asking you together to be open, to be scared to death just like we are. You know, we faced some things together this week as a leadership team, some scary stuff. You know, it's way outside of our wheelhouse. But guess what? We ask God by faith to help us. And so as we as a church family do that together, we're going to be stretched and we're going to be expanded. Mm. Got anything to say about that? No, that's it right there. Okay. So Chris just dropped the mic on us. So hey, thanks, Chris. You got to pick it up. <laughs> that's good. So let me just wrap up with this. Psalm 105. I want you to just read with me Psalm 105, 1 through 15 real quick. It's going to be crazy that in just a few more months, we will have been, it'll be a year we had no idea leading into this, you know, when we started in January and Tom shared a great message, you can go back and read that. I mean, you can, you can listen to it and follow along on the website um, and just how the, the year was launched. And then think about we've, we've, been, we've spent almost a year just remembering and looking. And so I want to go back at Psalm 105. I hope that you can hear Chris's heart and hear Chris's words as we read Psalm 105 together. Oh, give thanks to the Lord. Call upon His name. Make known His deeds among the peoples. Sing to Him. Sing psalms to Him. Talk of all His wondrous works. Glory in His holy name. Let the hearts of those rejoice who seek the Lord. Seek the Lord in His strength. Seek His face evermore. Remember His marvelous works which He has done. 
His wonders and the judgments of His mouth. O seed of Abraham, His servant, you children of Jacob, His chosen ones. He is the Lord our God. His judgments are in all the earth. He remembers His covenant forever. The word which He commanded for a thousand generations. The covenant which He made with Abraham and His oath to Isaac and confirmed it to Jacob for a statute to Israel as an everlasting covenant, saying, to you I will give the land of Canaan as the allotment of your inheritance. When they were a few in number, indeed very few and strangers in it, when they went from one nation to another, from one kingdom to another people, he permitted no one to do them wrong. Yes, he rebuked the kings for their sake, saying, do not touch my anointed ones and do my prophets no harm. I just, want to, I just want us to think back about Psalm 105, and I want us to think about what we've been learning together, and we've been looking at examples of faith, and we've been looking at faith in the Scripture, and we've been talking about faith all year long. And I just want us to think about and revel in this example of the children of Israel. And some of you might say, well, Tim, that was for them. But yet, the Scripture says in the New Testament that all of these things were for our example, for our learning, for us to learn from, for for us to pull out or learn some deep spiritual things from what we've already seen and what we've already learned from the children of Israel. So I just want to encourage you. God keeps His Word. And even as we talk about inheritance, if you think back about what we talked about last week when we were talking about being adopted and there being a spiritual inheritance and God has got some great things for us because we are new creatures, we're new people, we're in a new family, we've been adopted. And so you think about even some of the wording here that he's using them as an example that he has not changed. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And his covenants and his promises, those things that he proclaims, are still true even more so. They've been sealed with the blood of the Lamb. And they've been made righteous. So I just want to encourage you with a couple things this morning. 1 Corinthians 13, 13. And I'm, I want you to just hang with me because I want you to think about this. Before we read 1 Corinthians 13, 13. Hear me when I say this. This morning is about mind battles. Fear versus hope and faith. Fear versus hope and faith. What Chris was challenging us with and what he was trying to do, what he was trying to proclaim in such a beautiful way and what he did proclaim, if we can embrace it, he did a great job. The answer is, are we going to receive it and follow in it and walk in it? But really what that means as we've been talking, is that each and every one of us every single day have a battle of our minds. And if that has not been made more evident over the last year than ever before, every single one of us as a body of Christ have this mind battle taking place. And it's time for us this morning to just come clean and be honest and truthful and stop making excuses. And let's look at 1 Corinthians chapter 13, 13. Very simple scripture, but so profound. And now, about faith... Hope, love. These three, but the greatest of these is love. Now, what I have, if you come look at my Bible in 1 Corinthians 13, 13, you're going to see some words in there. And um, a couple of the words I use are um, uh, compass, thermostat. Whatever word you want to put on it, I want you to think about this. The love... That love is that adjustment 
Love is that keel or that rudder. Love is that compass. Love is that whatever word that you want to use that's going to help us understand what faith and hope should be accomplishing. Because you can use a lot as we talk about faith and hope. I hear people talk about faith all the time, and it has nothing to do with the person of Jesus Christ. I hear a lot of people talk about hope, and when we're talking about faith and hope, but the amazing thing is what it says, love is the greatest thing, just like it says in John 13, 35, that love, that love connection with God and Him giving us that resource of love, that's what makes faith and hope different. So let me read this to you. I want you to think about this. Just a bit of encouragement about the battle of our minds this morning. I don't feel the need to pull up verse after verse about fear. If you have been alive this past year, and if you've tried to have faith in God, you know a little bit about the powerful grip of fear. Can we agree on that? Okay. Head nodding would really help me. Good. I feel such a connection when you do that. What I want us to be reminded of today is this. Hear me when I say this. Fear and faith, you've heard me say it, please hear me again. Fear and faith do not reside on the same plane equally. Now, I don't know where you are, but you need to come to terms with fear and faith never reside on the same plane equally. One will rule over the other. Now, check this out. This is what I love about the body of Christ. Did you have any clue what I was talking on this morning? 6.30 in the morning, I get this text with that on it. And I'm, I've told you guys, I'm not the sharpest tool in the shed, but sometimes I go, oh, okay, I'll use that. You're grinning, aren't you? You're just like, is your mind blown? Do you get what I'm saying here? Faith and fear don't reside on the same plane equally. One will dominate and one will rule. Hear me plainly, if you're a person who has, or if you are a person that is considering placing your faith in Jesus as Savior and Lord, hear me, brothers and sisters, fear crushes hope. If you haven't put two and two together, there's been something going on in our nation that's way bigger than any of these little things, these nuances that we can talk about. There has been an overarching spiderweb of fear that has been crushing hope for months now. And we as the church of Jesus Christ, bought by the blood of the Lamb, we have to come to terms with the fact that fear and faith do not reside on the same plane equally. Fear crushes hope. Faith builds and encourages hope. Regarding our Lord and His teachings, faith is a complete trust, belief, confidence in Him. Faith involves an intellectual assent to a set of facts and also a functional trust in those facts. In other words, that faith, genuine faith, creates action or movement. Following Jesus means that hope is built on faith. Hope and faith are very similar, but they're two distinct attributes, two distinct qualities. Hope is that earnest anticipation that comes from believing. Hope is a confident expectation that naturally grows out of our faith. All I want to do is pour some scriptures over us together. Please hear me as I, as I read. Jeremiah 17, 7. Blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord and whose hope is in the Lord. 
Lamentations 3.24, the Lord is my portion, says my soul, therefore I hope in him. Romans 5.5, now hope does not disappoint because the love of God has been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit which was given us. Romans chapter 12 and verse 12, rejoice in hope, patient in tribulation, continuing steadfastly in prayer. Ephesians 1.18, the eyes of your understanding being enlightened that you may know what is the hope of his calling. What are the riches of the glory of his inheritance to the saints? This is a lesson last week. This has been on my desk. I've carried it with me because this is a battle point in Tim Duggan's mind and I want to take steps to live like I have been adopted. And just like I said last week, Tim Duggan's has a choice to make. Am I going to live in the new surroundings with my old family mentality or am I going to embrace my new family mentality because I have been adopted? I have an inheritance. I am an heir to something different than what I was before I came to Christ. I'm showing you this because this is me. This is mine. This is what I need. Ephesians 1.18, we talked about that last week. Colossians 1.27, to them God willed to make known what are the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles. That's us. Which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. 1 John 3, 3, and everyone who has this hope in him purifies himself just as he is pure. Titus 2, 13, looking for that blessed hope and glorious appearing of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. Romans 15, 13, now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. I beg of you, brothers and sisters, that you present yourselves to God as you are honest before Him. Be honest about your fears, anxieties, and worries. Look upon His face and allow yourself the privilege of faith, embracing and understanding that He has great love and sacrifice, great plans for you. Allow it to grow and create a hope in you that feels beautifully overwhelming. As faith and hope grow stronger, there will be a joy that flows out of you regardless of the circumstances of your life. May we stop making excuses for our fear. I've heard more Bible babble in the last eight months, making excuses for us being fear-gripped. I'm not talking about being stupid. I'm not talking about us not being wise and prudent. I'm not talking about us, I'm not talking about doing anything stupid. I'm just talking about the anxiety and what it does. Some of us, our trigger is so soft right now. It's like we went from a six-pound pull to a .2 pull where anybody just taps on you and you fire off and go nuts, then you want to talk about faith. That's fear and anxiety driven, and we need to come clean with each other about that. We need to face it before God, and we need to let that faith create hope within us, and then that hope, there's a joy that flows out of that and makes a difference. We have to fight to walk by faith, being filled with the glorious hope that only comes through Jesus our Lord and Savior. 
There's not one of us here this morning that can profess perfection over the last multiple months. Every single one of us in here, in some shape, form, or fashion, in some way, have been gripped and pummeled by fear and anxiety. I'm living what I'm speaking. But we must move forward as children of faith, not as children of fear. Chris and Marissa came here. The leadership that was exerted that we are going to walk by faith, that we're not going to walk by fear, and even in the process, there's all these litany of questions that we would ask, and it's like, okay, we're in the middle of this, and yet we ask them to put their house on the market. It's sold without going on the market. We asked them to come down here, and we took steps of faith. Okay, the house they're living in. Riley, do you know where that is? Okay. Um, didn't go on the market. So I'm just trying to say that as we take steps of faith and as we believe and as we, we work together, God confirms those steps of faith and he builds and creates a greater hope within us. You know why it's so important that we move forward with small groups? Because there's nothing that engenders hope. There's nothing that builds and proclaims hope like brothers and sisters sharing their hearts and their souls together in a small group setting. I can just speak for our marriage study that's been meeting at our house. It's been glorious. And the hope that comes out of the, that faith expression together. So I want to ask you, will you please, as Chris has asked, will you partner with us? Can we partner together? That when we are overwhelmed by our fear, and sometimes we don't know how to get victory, allow a brother and sister to share that burden because it doesn't mean that you're placing that on somebody. That means that you're locking arms and you're standing next to one another. Our battle mind, the mind that takes place, the battle in our mind, is fear to crush our faith and to take away our hope. Our hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. That hymn is so powerful because our hope is in him. It's not in our great game plan, but it's in our Savior. Let's stand and let's proclaim his name together.